prophet, amen, and co-pastor, Linda Jenkins, my beloved wife for some 40 years, amen. Got it on, amen, praise the Lord, amen. Let's just bow our heads, go before God in prayer. Lord, we just thank you that this is a God day with a God word that will change our lives, oh God. Father, for your word does not go out void, but it goes out to accomplish that which you called it to do. And so, God, we thank you for your word, God, for without your word, how can we live, God? Father, today we pray for a soul that does not know you as Lord and Savior, God, that they will come to know of your love, of your mercy, of your grace, of your sacrifice, oh God. God, we, we claim today someone that has backslidden, God, that they will know how much you long for them to come home and how your arms are open wide, God. You've just been waiting, you've just been waiting. And how all heaven rejoices over one that will return home. Oh, Father, let that be said that the lost is found today. Oh, God, I just thank you for your goodness, your mercy, your word, your love. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you, God. We'll just... Um, dismiss our children. Amen. Our beautiful children. Thank you, God. Amen. I'm so glad to be in the house of the Lord one more time. He didn't have to let it be, right? But because of his mercy and because of his grace, I'm standing here. And I'm just so glad to have him in my life as Lord of my life, as director of my life. The Holy Spirit is a wonderful thing to have in our lives. And I want to say a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful person to have in our life is the Holy Spirit. And I'm so thankful that the Holy Spirit is in my life. And then I can hear his voice. Aren't you glad you can hear his voice? What, what, what it would be like to have the Holy Spirit on board, but you could not hear his voice. Uh, first of all, I just want to uh, honor the fact that my sister is here. Amen. Stand up, Sharon. I don't know that everybody knows you, so stand up. Amen. This is, this is my, my baby sister that sometimes was my big sister. All right? But I love her very much. She fought some of my battles, okay? And I just thank God for her. I mean, I know she'll fight them now, huh? <laughs> and I thank God for my sister in my life. And I thank God that my sister, most of all, I thank God she knows the same Lord and Savior that I know. And that she was raised to, to know him as her protector, her friend, the one to lean on. And that we really have something. We have more than just a natural connection, but we have a spiritual connection. That's a wonderful thing. I know some of you may not understand. Well, you probably really do. If you don't have that spiritual connection with someone in your family and you want to talk about God and the good things, they don't understand that. I thank God I can talk to my sister about God. and We can talk about his goodness, his mercy, his grace, and get all excited about it. I thank God for that. Um, this morning I want to, um, God has been working with me for probably the last uh, two to three months. And he does things in my life that at first I, you know, I'm wondering what's going on, but then as I begin to reflect on it, I, I understand what's going on. So today our, our um, topic is called A Lesson from a Wound. Okay? A lesson from a wound. In Isaiah 53 and 5, it says this. But he was, and, and she's, unless you can, I, I really need the wound to stay up, so unless you can do the scripture, I don't, okay, all right. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our guilt and iniquities. The chastisement needed to obtain peace and well-being for us was upon him, and with his stripes, that wounded him, we are healed and made whole. In the Message Bible it says, But it was our sins that did this to him, that ripped and tore and crushed him. Our sins. He took the punishment, and that made us whole. Through his bruises, we get healed. 
there was a saying that I was reading while I was studying. It says, every happening, great and small, it is a parable whereby God speaks to us. And the art of life is to get the message. Everything that happens into our, in our lives, and I, I say this, um, it's, it's, it's funny because I, I find God in, in everything, in, 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 in uh, a movie, in, but I can find God in that, what is he trying to say to me? Um, sometimes I'm dri- driving and I just look at uh, signs. Have you ever done that? Just look at signs along the road. And they begin to speak to my spirit as I look at the signs. Stop, yield, go. Those things become spiritual in my mind. Because I believe this, that when we start getting a heavenly kingdom mindset, we will begin to see things more spiritual than we see natural. And we will be able to see God moving in and out of things and get the message that he wants us to get. So when I read this, about uh, every happening, great or small, it's a parable where by God speaks to us. And the art of life is to get the message. The art of life is to get the message, get what God is trying to say to us. A lot of times we go through things, and God is trying to tell us something. But because we're not hearing God or seeing what God is saying in it, a lot of times we'll see what people are saying in it or people are doing in it, but we don't see what God is saying or doing in it. God has a message, and his message is to bring us to a, to a, a victory and to, to, you know, more strength in our lives if we would get the message. Wounded or healed, we can't be both. You agree with me? Wounded or healed, we can't be both. Let me first tell you how God, through an experience, dealt with me on this subject, and then I'll address this, this from God's Word. So about, um, I could say, let's say about two and a half months ago, maybe three, I noticed um, on my leg was these little black or brown, where they're brown, tiny pinhole marks. And so I also noticed one thing as I was looking back and asking God to reveal to me. I noticed that it was it was kind of like when it was winter time and I was wearing my boots, and I have boots that go up to my knees, but then I have a boot that hits me probably right here. But I was kind of noticing that every time I would wear these boots, well, most of the times I re- would remember to wear, uh, I usually put socks on with my boots, okay? But when I would put these boots on, I would have socks that weren't, uh, you'll understand it later because some of you guys say, I don't do it like that, but this is what I had to do, okay? So I, I, most of the time I would put the, these boots on, but I wouldn't have my high socks on. They would be low. But I would kind of notice that when I was walking, the boot would hit me right where those little things were, okay? And there was a certain amount of aggravation, but the boots were cute, okay? And so um, I would wear those boots because I like them boots, all right? And so, but I would remember when I got home, God brought this back to me, that when I got home, I would always take those boots off and I, you know, you know how like a, you have a shoe on that hurts really bad and you're just like, ah, when you get it off? Well, it was the same way about these boots that, you know, when I took it off, I could feel the, you know, the pressure, you know, from the boots rubbing, okay? So for, a, you know, I, after a while I got a little bit, more sense when I thought about it, so I start wearing my high boots, okay, and not my low boots. God said, where is this all going to? Okay, you're going to get it in a minute, okay, but I have to give you this foundation of story, okay? So then the, uh, the little dots, there was one dot that I noticed was getting red, okay? It was getting red, and I could actually feel a sting in this, in this redness. But in my mind was, you know, it's just a, it, it was just a little thing, and it was going to go away, okay? So I didn't really worry too much about it or think too much about it until one day I looked, and it had broken open. And so even in that, it was very, very small, okay? So in my mind, even in that was all it really needed was, a, you know, a scab to go over it. I'm going to be cool. It's going to be all right. And so as, as I kept going, though, the, it would get redder and redder and redder around this area. It was redder and redder. And then 
um, I, I became a little more concerned. Now, for you, for, for some of you, because already a weakness is in my body because of diabetes, it makes it hard for wounds to heal. This came to my mind, okay, that, oh, you know, I, I, I even rationalized it because I've had, um, you know, scarring on my face and different things where it took uh, like a month or so to heal. So in my mind, it's going to heal. It's going to heal. You know, it's just the diabetes and it's going to heal. Now, in all of that, you don't see that I did anything. I really just looked at it and said it's going to heal. Okay, so then by the time me and Pastor was ready to go on our cruise, there had, there had developed a scab. So I'm just excited. I feel like the scab's over it. It's protecting it. It's, it's in the stages of healing. And I um, was really, really excited about the healing taking place. You know, it's time. So when we get on the boat, though, and I notice that it's, it's getting redder and that the um, scab is uh, protruding. It's not flat, but it's protruding out. Okay, where I can look down at my leg and actually see this protruding out. Well, I was kind of a little bit didn't want to tell Pastor David because, I, you know, Pastor David, I knew he was going to be aggressive. He's going to do something, okay? And I, in my mind, I just didn't want to do what I thought he was going to do, you know? And so I was kind of like, you know, okay, God, the scab's on here. Lord, just heal it, heal it, okay? And so... But when I got on the boat, it kind of was bothering me a lot how red it was around this sore. So I showed it to Pastor David. And so Pastor David's like, I don't like that window. That's not looking good. We're going to do something about that. Which I knew that's what he was going to say. And so I was like, baby, baby, it's all right. I promise it's all right. It's, it's, it's got a scab on it. It's, it's all right. And he's looking at it, and he's like, Linda, it's red around there. And you kind of get like a little heat on your leg when there's something infected. You get that little heat going on. So Pastor David's feeling this thing. And, you know, he's like, when we get back home, Linda, you're going to have to go see a doctor. That was the one thing I didn't want to do, okay? Um, so I was like, okay, God, God, hurry up. Do something really quick. Just do something. I said, you can heal me right now. You can do it. You can just make this thing disappear. So then when I got back home, okay, as I get back home, he, we're looking at it. Well, I tried to make Pastor David forget it. So I wore pants all the time. So it was to make him kind of forget that there was this scar, and I kind of stopped talking to him about it. So you know how you talk and say, oh, that hurts. Well, I wasn't going to say it hurt because I knew what he was going to say do, okay? But I start in my mind, there was a little bit of, kind of like getting a little bit shaky, like this is starting to hurt. And so then I look down and I start, you're going to understand this whole little analogy pretty soon, okay? So I start thinking to myself, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to see if everybody else thinks it looks so bad. Because in all actuality, um, to me, when it looked a little better, maybe David said I was psyching myself, but anyway. To me, it looked a little bit better. So I start going around, and I would, you know, I said, Monica, Monica, look, I want to show you something, okay? And But inside, there was a kind of, is it really as bad as everybody's thinking, you know? So Monica, first off, she looks at it. I, I think I showed it to Nene first, I think, right? And Nene was like, Mom, you need to get something done about that, okay? So my whole spirit's like, I ain't got no faith person to walk with me. My son, Daniel, he looked at, my, looked at it and he was like, Mom, uh-uh, Mom, I just saw that. And then here he goes, I just saw that on TV, Mom, and you can get your leg cut off. So I'm, I'm like, okay. So on the inside, I'm just, okay, okay. So I came in there with Monica. What happened was I came in with Monica, and I was showing Monica it. It, because in all actuality, I was feeling like it was getting a little, little smaller, okay? So Monica looked at it, and she goes, Mom, mm-mm. She said, you need to get that, but, but Chantel, where is she? Is she here this morning? Chantel. Chantel 
blessed be the name of the Lord. She came over there with a quickness, and she just touched it in the name of Jesus. And she said, you know, Lord, heal this in the name of You know I grabbed hold of that. Did y'all know that? Okay. So she touched it, and I was like, ooh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's going to be healed, you know. But God showed, showed me. That's why it's called a lesson from a wound, okay. So then, um, you know, I went home, and the one thing David, he finally looked and he said, I would, I would feel more at ease if that scab would come off, because underneath the scab, it was, um, what do you call that word? Pulse and stuff like that. Okay, it was, he said, if, that needs to come off so that it can be cleaned, all the things he was saying I didn't want to do, so it can be cleaned, scrubbed, you know, okay, so... That morning, the scab came off, okay? And so, blessed be the name of the Lord. I felt like we was on, on to some healing, and I didn't have to think about it no more. The scab, now remember, I'm not doing anything. This is my thoughts, okay? My, the scab's off, put my pants back on, let some air hit it. It's going to be all right. So, finally, I went and I, ta- I was taught showing it to my dad, and my dad David said, I took his advice. But anyway, my dad said, my dad looked at it and he goes, Linda, you, yeah, you need to do something about that, he said, because that's really deep, because it was a deep hole. So then my dad said, but you know what, I've gotten those things too. So then it, my dad shows me his leg and where it's at and, you know, you know, so here's you know somebody that knows what's going on with my leg, and so he, um, Dad said, uh, but you know you need to, you need to scrub that out, and you're going to need to put some uh, you know antibiotic on it that's going to hurt. You know, my mind is like, mm. and so he said you got to put scrub this thing out. You got to get it clean. And so, so he gave me you know all the directions, and so David was supposed to go home and. He just looked too happy about wanting to scrub it out. And so uh, I thought to myself, you know, I'm going to try this thing <laughs> uh, first, you know. And so but the main thing was is that everything that was supposed to happen happened, okay. So I had to scrub it out, and it was very, very painful, okay. Then I put iodine on it, which was very, very stinging. <laughs> but... For the wound to heal, what I noticed, this wound has been like um, a 50 cents piece for a long time, going down to a quarter. But once I start administrating what he told me to do, you know, the cleaning of it out, scrubbing it out, and putting the uh, iodine on it, the ant, I begin to see it get smaller and smaller. And come on, y'all, praise the Lord with me. I went on a journey, but praise the Lord with me. Okay. And the thing that I learned from the wound, God, I said, God, why did I do this? You know, when I look back, it was like, that was really dumb. You know, that was not to just directly, aggressively go after this wound. But then God began to deal with me, and he gave me a lesson. And, you know, Sometimes we go through things and we don't know why we're going through. Even our stupid things can help others to understand, okay? And so, first of all, this is what I did. I got a wound and I looked at it. I looked at it, okay? And God began to say, I looked at it and all the things that I did, God began to talk to me about this wound. I looked at it. I decided not to wear those boots again. I hoped it would go away with time. Um, one of the things that I noticed was with this wound is because the wound is right here, that this wound was constantly being hit. No matter what I did, my purse would hit it when I was walking. One day I got out the car, the car door hit it. So the the wound was constantly being hit and aggravated over and over again. The wound changed, and, and it got a scab on it. I, now, listen, I showed it to people. I prayed about it, and I talked about it. And God wants us to get a message here about a wound, a lesson from a wound. 
I could show you all day, but that wasn't going to heal the wound. I could talk about it for years. Have you ever noticed that there are people that that are still talking about what mama did, daddy did, uncle did. There are people that are still wounded. They, they, they can't, families that still can't talk, you know, because they, they talked about it, but they haven't done anything about it, okay? So God let me know that I could talk about it. I can look at it every day. I can examine the wound. He even kind of let me know that there can be a sense, and I don't know how to say this, but a kind of sense of, of, you know, how sometimes we like to show our wounds. I'm hoping you get what I'm talking about. You know, sometimes we're, we're look, at how, look at how hurt I am. Look at this scar. And I'm going to show you all the little scars so you all can see. So you all know I'm not playing. It was, it's a wound, okay? And this wound is way smaller than the wound was, okay? So sometimes it's kind of to watch their faces. I mean, I'm just being honest, you know. Sometimes we get a little something. I don't know what we call it. But I'd be like, look, look, Juan. And Juan probably, if he had a side bigger, he would have probably, yeah, he, what would you say? Aw. Aw. Right. And sometimes when we're wounded, that's what we want. It's what God showed me. He said, you're walking around and you're showing this wound, but you're not doing anything about it. You're saying, look at my leg, look at my leg, look at my leg. And somewhere in it, you know, it's like, oh, 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 you, you need to do something about it. But the all oh, sounds better than you need to do something about it. You guys understand what I'm saying? So God says sometimes what we do with the wound. Now, see, this is my wound. We all get wounded, okay? And I believe in my heart that one thing that God has shown me, at this, he said, this, I need to go out to the people of God. He said, because there is so many wounded people, so many wounded people. And in this world, none of us are going to escape it. Not one of us are going to escape being wounded. There's so many wounded people that can't, they, you know, some people just, they can't even move from that place. The, 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 the clock has stopped in their life because they are square into that wound and, and can't move from it, can't grow from it, can't go from it. They're always in their past, always stuck in that past place because they've been wounded without doing anything about it. Well, sometimes God showed me the thing that we do, we try to do it really simply as that's what I said. God, heal this wound. Without any responsibility on me to do anything, I was just like, God, okay, when I, next time I pull my pant leg up, please let that wound be gone. And sometimes we're very, very, very much like that where we want God to just come and do something without realizing that God has empowered us to do some things before he does something. You know, kind of that lazy kind of faith. You know, where we just, you know, alakazam, take it away, God. And God knows if he did it like that, we would be, we wouldn't know how to uh, operate or navigate through the wounds of life because I would, Take it away, God. But God wants us to know how to navigate. You know, I thought about uh, my granddaughter. I don't know if any of you guys have ever done this. But um, when my granddaughter was little, she, she would hit herself on the table or hit herself on something. And she would just begin to wail. And so my thing for her was, like, if she hit it on the table, yeah, it probably wasn't good grandparenting. But anyway, so she would hit it on the table. Because God brought this all up into me while I was thinking. And I would go, she would be crying, and, I, and she'd be crying so hard. I said, come here, Myra, we're going to get that table. And then I would hit the table, bad, 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 bad table. And my hand's hurting. I'm hurting it more, but I'm bad, bad, bad. Don't you hurt my granddaughter again. Well, if it was just a surface wound, you know, where it just hurt a little bit, you, all of a sudden you would see Myra's face, and she would go, and she's looking at that table like, yeah, Grandma got you, okay? But then if it was like a real bad, 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 bad wound, no matter how much I hit that 
and bad, 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 she was bleeding over there, and I could go bad, 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 bad. I had to stop to administer what first aid to her so because of that wound. And God showed me that sometimes, even in our wounds, it, we're like that. We, we get hurt, and we want something to come along and go, bad, 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 why did you do that to me? Bad, bad, bad. Now, sometimes that works. But if the wound is, you know, sometimes we get a certain amount of, hey, yeah, you got what you deserve. But sometimes that wound is deeper that all the getting of that person that they could get does not take away the wound out of your heart. God really began to show me that there's something that's needed for our wounds that's not some temporary fix. Sometimes... We rather walk around wounded than healed. And God doesn't, that's not what he died for, for us to walk around wounded. But I heard the brothers talk about flip it. Let's flip that. Let's flip that. We're not supposed to be walking around wounded. We're supposed to be walking around healed. And God says some of us are, are content to walk around wounded instead of doing what it takes to get healed. We walk around and we let these things fester until they become nasty and they become poisonous and they become something that you can no longer hide. Okay? Sometimes we... Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. But if you can see within, outside, we can mask a lot of stuff. I'm good. Hey, I'm good. Ain't nothing bothering me. I'm good. It's done. It's through. But on the inside, we're, we're in turmoil. But the problem is, is that we think, like I thought, wearing them pants for a certain couple of days was going to, you know, it's going to be gone and nobody was going to see it. One thing, I didn't want to show the wound because it was ugly. Okay, when it was big on my leg, I didn't, you know, I'm walking around with this big old scar. I didn't want to show it was ugly. Sometimes we know how ugly that scar is. And we don't want nobody to see it. And we try to hide it. And we try to hide behind a mask. And we try to pretend like everything's okay. But God told me to tell you this morning that wounds will expose themselves. Unattended uncared for wounds will show up. And so God is wanting us to, from this lesson, he wants us to be healed. What's wound? When I looked up the word for wounded, a wound is an injury, especially one in which the skin or other external organic surface is torn, pierced, cut, or otherwise broken. It's also an injury to the feelings. Accidents happen, and most people will sustain a wound regardless of how careful they might be. See, no matter how careful we might be, we can still sustain a, a wound. Often accidents occur because this person was in a rush, took a shortcut, or was using a tool in a way it wasn't designed. Protective gear is always appropriate. Now, this is in the natural, what they're talking about, a wound in the natural, but we can flip it to the spiritual. In a natural, the most common symptoms of a wound are pain, swelling, bleeding, redness, and it needs to be treated and cleansed thoroughly to reduce the risk of infection and to promote healing. It was funny that, you know, as it got worse, I got on and Googled. I was Googling all this information about wounds after it got so bad. God was like, you know, could we just please get it before it gets bad, okay? We, sometimes we will, won't um, look for a way to fix something until it's bad. But God's way is always to prepare us before something gets bad. Also, there, man is composed of body, soul, and, and each part of us can be wounded, not just this body, okay? And the wounds of the body, they can be extremely painful. We've, you know, if you've ever, look at that face right there. That, can you just imagine that? That could be very painful. Just looking at that, that's the redness that was around. That's how it looked in the middle. That's painful, right? But 
when you read it, and I can't do my my grandson told me I couldn't do a, a is the biology thing this morning because I was looking up all about skin stuff. You know, it would take a little long. It was so interesting though. So I tell you guys to look up about this wound, and when you look up about wound, you'll find the greatness of God. This this God who thought it all out. All right, there, it, people when they say there's no God, just look at our bodies. Okay, so. In it, in it, even though we have seen some uh, terrible wounds, I mean, have you just watched TV sometimes and, and, and somebody's been shot, a whole bunch wounds, 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 burn wounds, uh, accident wounds. We've seen some terrible wounds. Have you ever seen a terrible wound? Nobody in here has seen a terrible wound? Okay. Some terrible wounds. And, but one thing we find out that God made this body so that it could heal him, heal itself. And there are some things where somebody has had a terrible wound where the doctor said they're not going to make it, they're not going to make it. We've done everything we can, they're not going to make it. But somehow the body goes in and it heals itself. I, I, I can't forget the man that was at Sam's, uh, was hit, was really hit in the head. Well, I don't know if he was at your squadron, but the report of the man that was hit, but he had already been having seizures, but when he got hit and they went to go look back in it, the, how he got hit, it began to heal his head so he no longer has seizures. It, it, it amazes me, and I, it should amaze you. It should say how great God is that things can happen like that on her face and that on the inside God has it all ready where that body can begin to send cells rapidly to that place of injury until everything comes to give it what it needs so that that place can be healed. Now, God can do that in the natural Come on, you guys. If God can heal us in the natural and make, have our bodies to be able to reproduce cells that, that will heal that wound, what do you think he can do in the spirit? Sometimes we forget that. Sometimes we are more concerned about our natural wound, and we might cry out if it gets too bleeding and too, doctor, doctor, help me, than we are our spiritual wound. Sometimes our spiritual wound, we will let it just sit there and hope that nobody says anything or addresses it. Oh, please don't scrub it. And we will allow it to just be there. You know, one thing God showed me was, um, just like I said, because I'm a a diabetic, and I don't, I'm going to find another way to say that because I don't like to say it like that, but because, because, you know, of diabetes, my... um, the, you know, my body takes a long time to heal. So before that wound ever came, there was already something on board that was going to stop the healing process from, you know, its natural course. Let me tell you guys, you're going to be wounded, but you're going to be wounded in an area where something's already on board that's going to stop the normal process of healing. The enemy is not going to hit you. He's, he's hitting you where, where you've been hurt, where there's resentment, where there's bitterness. So when he wounds you, he wounds you on top of what's already there. And so you're wondering, why am I still going through this? Why come I can't get over this? Why come I can't release this? Why come I can't let go? Because the wound is on top of a wound. On top of a wound sometimes. On top of a wound. Sometimes it is so deep within us that we've been hurt by somebody that, and hurt by another that the next person that comes up, that person's going to get all of what we should have gave back then, but we stuffed it and because now, we're, now the person gets all of it. But what that person did is, is wounded you on top of a place where you've been wounded before. You've been burned. You've been betrayed. You've been hurt somewhere, and now someone else comes along, and they hurt you. See, the enemy's not going to have them hurt you in a brand new place because he wants the full throttle strength of that pain to hit you. So maybe it's been that you, you, you've had a hard time. Someone's hurt you really, really, really bad. They betrayed you really bad from your childhood, from whatever. And now as you grow, you keep on getting that. It seems like sometimes don't it seem like it's just the same stupid area. Just like here, it felt like the same 
hit. I was like, why come I can't hit myself anywhere else? It just seemed like the same place I was getting hit. Same, out, out. But the, always the out was right here. Because the thing is, is that God wanted me to know there's something deep. This wound is on top of another wound. You need to make sure that your sugars are in control, that you're able to be able to uh, heal properly. Um, if you're not able to heal properly, the wound is going to come on top of that, and it's going to take a whole long time. I'm going to ask you this morning to really look at what's in your heart. We've all been wounded, and we can easily say that we've been healed. It's so easy to walk around and say, I'm healed, I'm set free. I'm delivered, and I really don't take the power of that from anyone. I'm saying this morning to really recognize whether you're healed or not. Because sometimes you find out in a situation that you aren't as healed as you You're still wounded. Symptoms of inner wounds, okay? They're symptoms of the inner wounds. You're irritable. You have an inner rawness, just raw on the inside. You have little or no tolerance. You're overly sensitive. You start lashing out. You're easily frustrated. It's hard to forgive. It's hard to let go. There comes an escapism in us where, where when um, on our inner wounds, instead of drawing in, we want to pull back. We want to escape everything that hurts us. Now, you know what? I thought about that, and I said, God, you know what? There's a table in my house, and that table's rock hard. It's, it's just a rock hard table, and, and it's unforgiving. If you hit that table, you are going to be hurting. So, you know what? I said, well, I've hit it many times where I just stood there, ah, oh, you know, hurt. You know how that is. Now, I could say, David, let's just get rid of this table. Let's just throw this table outside. It just keeps hurting me. Get it as far away from me as possible. Or I can learn how to navigate. Because everything that hurts us, we can't get rid of. But sometimes that's what we want. Get rid of him. Get rid of her. Get rid of that. Get rid of... But really what God is teaching us is how to navigate where that, like, like sometimes it says, I'm rushing, I'm not paying attention, where to navigate so that you can't, you know, I, if my husband got to, gets on my nerves, get rid of him. See what I'm saying? We, just, we can't do that. You know, in Christ, he is teaching us to navigate, to learn how to walk with one another, to learn how so that we don't get wounded, okay? There, there's things that we do that can help us because we're not prepared, all right? Late uh, playwriter Tennessee Williams wrote this. Sadly, he wrote this. He said, we have to distrust each other. It is our only defense against betrayal. God does not call us to live in distrust, but to live in faith. In Christ, it is, it is not that I, that I implicitly trust all men, is that I trust God in all situations. Now, we got to really get that. God is sovereign. God is in control. And either we believe it or we don't. We gotta, one day we got to settle that we believe that God is sovereign, sees all, knows all, knows when I get hurt, knows who's hurting me, knows all this stuff got to believe that he's sovereign and he's in control and I got to learn to trust him in all situations. In Isaiah 1 and 6 in the Amplified it says this. Isaiah 1 and 6 okay, in the Amplified it says from the sole of the foot even to the head there is no soundness or health in this nation's body. We're talking to Israel. But wounds and bruises and fresh and bleeding stripes. They have not been pressed out, closed up, or bound up, or softened with oil. And then he says, no one has troubled to seek a remedy. That's what God was showing me. There are things in our lives, wounds in our lives, but we have not 
sought a remedy. We're more concerned talking about the, the wound than getting the wound healed. Sometimes we've talked for years about a wound, but we have not sought a remedy for that wound. God is the remedy, okay? It says in Isaiah in the message, from the bottom of your feet to the top of your head, nothing's working right. Wounds and bruises and running sores. Then he says why they're like that. Untended, unwashed, unbandaged. There's something that God is calling us to do. He said they, that we haven't given that, that moon proper care. We're trying to act like it's not there. Sometimes it's easier to act like it's not there than to face it. We're trying to hide it, all right, a cover-up. But God says the wound needs to be tended. It needs proper care. It needs attention. And that's what we need to give our wounds. We can't just slice them under the rug because that rug, some of our rugs are so high, now we can still see some of our wounds. But we keep... God says we have to look at our wound, and we have to acknowledge our wound and give it the proper care that's needed and the proper attention. The preventive care of a wound. According to the Word of God, it says in Proverbs 4 and 23, it says, Keep your heart with all diligence. Above all that you guard, for out of it flows the springs of life. In the Amplified, it says, okay, keep the same thing. Keep your heart, I wrote it twice. For out of it flows the springs of life. What God is, watch over your heart. Watch over what we let go into our heart. Not, not even just watching up what over we let, what we let go in our heart. It's on being prepared before you can even bring something to my heart. Our problem is a lot of times we're not, we're not shored up in the Word. We're not shored up in prayer. We're not shored up in God. So things hit us and wound us when we're not ready. But God wants us to be ready. Preventive care is I'm guarding my heart. And I'm not guarding it when I see you coming. You see what I'm saying? I'm not guarding it when I see the accident coming. I'm already guarding it. That's why that seatbelt is what we need to wear. All right? I'm already guarding it before the accident happens. A lot of times, and I've been so guilty of this, of not wanting to wear a seatbelt because I don't want to go into the ocean. But the thing is, is, because I can't swim and I don't know how to get out of the car. But the thing is, is putting that seat belt on, putting that seat, do you guys think crazy like me? Okay, I just thought, some people were looking at me like, I don't believe this girl. But putting the seat belt on to prevent the accident instead of waiting till the accident is coming. And the thing is, you know, jerk it. And half the time when I try to get a seatbelt on, i got to do it about three times. So I can't imagine if something was coming that, you know, I'm jerking, jerking, jerking. Preventive is doing it ahead of time. Being ready before that thing comes. And a lot of times we're not ready before that comes. That's why it hits us so hard. So guarding our heart. And guarding our heart means not once it's up on us, but before you can get there. I'll make it all kind of Okay. In Ephesians 6 and 12, it says this. I love this other message. It says, first of all, we got to realize sometimes we act amazed that we're going to be wounded. It, it sometimes hit us so off guard that we are going to be wounded. And we're, we're just like, how did this happen? How, how can this be? But in Ephesians 6 and 12 in the message, it says, this, it says this. This is no afternoon athletic contest that we'll walk away from and forget about in a couple of hours. This is for keeps, a life or death fight to the finish against the devil and all of his angels. Therefore, we tell them to do, put on God's complete armor that you may be able to and stand your ground on the evil day of danger and having done all that the crisis demands to stand firmly in your place. The 13th verse, it says, Be prepared. You are up against far more than you can handle on your own. And that's why sometimes we're not prepared, because we've got this. But it's saying, You're up against far more than you can handle on your own. Take all the help you can get. Take all the help. Sometimes that's what we don't want. We don't
don't want no one to speak into our lives. We don't want them to tell us tell us where they've been and how. We don't want no. But take all the help you can get. Every weapon God has issued, so that when it's all over, but the shouting, you'll still be on your feet. In the 18th verse, it says this: Truth, righteousness, peace, faith, and salvation are more than words. Let's get that. Truth, righteousness, peace, and faith and salvation are more than just words. Learn how to apply them. Learn how to apply them. This just reminds me of how to apply that, you know, the antiseptic, to apply, you know, what needs to be. Learn how to apply what God wants to the wound. To the wound, he wants you to apply truth. He wants you to put... Know, to put righteousness, to put peace, to put faith and salvation. Learn how to apply it in that situation. Sometimes when we're wounded, all that goes out the window. And I'm not talking about the truth of a person. I'm talking about the truth of our living God. Learn how to apply. You shall live and not die. Learn how to apply the truth to the wounded place so that you can do just that. You can come up out of it. Then it says something, you'll need them throughout your life. God's word is an indispensable weapon. In the same way, now this is really funny right here because he tells us to do something that today, as I read it, I heard, I heard it in a whole different way about wounds. Most of our wounds come from people, spiritually, come from people. But he said if we would do this one thing, he said in the same way, prayer is essential in this ongoing warfare. Pray hard. Pray long. Pray for your brothers and your sisters. That hit me in a whole different way. How sometimes we'll pray for each other in the hospital, but just to pray long and hard and because we're all in a warfare. And we all, we all, every day that we go out, we're, we're standing in front of Satan's gun that really came to kill us. He really came to knock us out of the ball, all of us, all of us. All, there's no one exempt from him wanting to knock you out the ballpark. So in that, our prayer should be, help my brother today. God, help my sister today. Father, cover her right now with the blood of Jesus. Father, you know her weak areas, God. You know his strongholds, God. God, lift him up and give him strength. I mean, praying and praying and praying. If we would do this, we would not be so wounded. We would not be always wounded because sometimes wounded is from friendly fire. It's right in the house of the Lord. It's not going out there waiting for somebody to shoot me. Somebody will shoot me in here. Why they shoot me? Because they hate me? No. They're not shooting you because they hate you. God said something really funny to me. He said, um, he said, many people, if I was sick with the flu, they would attribute the flu to me, that, that I am the flu, okay? But I am not the flu. Linda has the flu, okay? And Linda needs the prayer of her brothers and sisters to help her attack what has attacked her. But what happens is we get on side and say, Linda is the flu, and we all attack Linda. And if we all keep doing that, there won't be none of us left. Because every one of us is going to get a cold or flu or something one day. And if we don't realize that the flu has attacked my sister or our cold has attacked my sister and I'm going to attack the cold, we're going to attack the person. And that while we're attacking the person, the enemy sitting there clap, clap, clapping, because what is he saying? He's clapping. He's saying, you guys are a house divided against yourself. And he said, a house is divided against itself. It will surely fall. And the enemy's laughing. He says, one by one, I'm going to pull out what's attacking your sister or brother, because I know you're going to attack your sister or brother. And one by one, I'm going to see that what started out as a, as a strong army is being deduced to hardly anything, because we cannot see within ourselves that the enemy wants us to attack one another instead of what is attacking us. Oh, come on, you guys. 
Come on, that's enough right there, right there, right there for us to swallow it, chew it, eat it, digest it, and say, Lord, help me please not to be attacker of my brother, but to attack that which is attacking my brother. Oh, come on, can you imagine if we did that? Could you imagine if we all begin to say, no, I'm attacking that. I'm attacking that bitterness. I'm attacking, he's, he's walking around and he's looking bitter or he's acting. I'm attacking the bitterness. And see, once I realize that I'm attacking I can't slap the, I can't slap the bitterness out of here. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes we use these weapons, but once we realize what the real deal is, then we realize it's a spiritual warfare. And I've got to fight with spiritual weapons. And I can't fight with this natural. Walk away. Uh, be mad. Uh, talk about. That's, that's natural. You guys, come on. That's natural. That is so natural. Okay? And God wants us to be a mighty army. In Psalms 147 and 3, he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds, curing their pains and their sorrows. He heals the heartbroken and he bandages their wounds. One of the parts that I had to do was I had to actually put um, a bandage pad on the wound so that the wound would not constantly get hit and aggravated. So there was a bandage pad that I put on that wound so it would not be hit and aggravated. So when I got hit, it wouldn't open up that sore or cause pain. Sometimes we need the bandage. We need to let God bandage us. Do I need to take this mic? So we need to put that bandage on us, a clean bandage not a dirty bandage, okay? You have to look at it every day, and you have to see if there's infection on that bandage. You've got to take that bandage off. You've got to re-scrub it. You've got to put a clean bandage. We have to be uh, where we look at things in truth. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes we're looking at things, and, oh, there's just a little bit of blood on there. I'll just leave that on there. No. That little bit. It's the little foxes that destroy the vine. Let's make sure that we do whatever it takes. Our, uh, in in uh, Psalms 43, it says, Why are you cast down, O my inner self? This is what David said. And why should you moan over me and be disquieted within me? What I like about David is David talked to himself. So he's talking to his flesh right now. He says, Flesh, why are you, why are you so upset? He says, And why should you moan over me? And why, why are you disquieted within me? And he tells his flesh something. He says, flesh, and this is what we got to do with our wounds. we got to speak over them in the Spirit of God. We can speak about them and how they hurt and, and how that made us so mad. That's not, that's not going to heal the wound. Okay? It says, he spoke and he says, hope in God. This is what he tells his flesh. He's not telling you. He's telling himself. He says, flesh, hope in God and wait expectantly for him. He said, because flesh, for I shall yet praise him. He's telling the flesh. He said, flesh, I'm telling you something right now. You better get it together because I'm going to hope in God and I'm going to wait for him and I'm going to yet praise him. That's what he's telling his flesh, okay? And he said, who, who, I'm going to yet praise him who is the help of my sad continence and my God. He's talking to his flesh. He said, there's a help for this sad continence. There's a help for that. I'm so weary. I'm so wounded. He said, that is my God. And I'm going to talk to this flesh, and I'm going to tell this flesh, hope in God. In the Message Bible, it says, why are you down in the dumps, dear soul? Why are you crying the blues? Fix my eyes on God. He said, flesh, stop looking at the wound. Fix your eyes on God. He says, soon I'll be praising again because he puts a smile, because he puts a smile, because he puts a smile on my face, and he's my God. Because he, no matter what the situation is, no matter what I'm going through, I know this. I know that I know that I know that he puts a smile on my face. People may hurt me. They may say all manner of things against me. But when I talk to myself and remind myself in whom I'm really leaning on, in whom I'm really trying to please, it's God. And he puts a smile on my face. Come on. Because he's my God. 
our goal, one of our other things that we do is we try to forget a hurtful place. You know how we, we try our hardest not to forget the one that hurt us, not to forget that hurtful place. I look at I look at my dad's leg, his is healed, but even though his wound is gone, there's a certain amount of scarring. That he can look at it two ways. He can look at the scarring and he can say, Wow, look what that wound did to my leg. That's how look what that wound and continue to walk in, look what the wound did, look what the wound did. Or he can look at the how the skin closed up and he can say, Look at how God healed me. There's no longer a hole there. There's no longer effect, infection there. There's no longer, you know, that, that uh, bleeding there. God had the skin where the skin would cover up. Through. See, it's how we look at, at our wounds. We can still walk in our wounds as if we're the victim, or we can walk as victorious in God. Our goal is not to forget a hurtful event or trauma, but to receive healing. You've got to see what your goal is. If your goal is to to recount it, to tell it over and over again, to get everybody to feel sorry for you, when you know when you don't want people to keep going. God told me you don't want people to keep going. Oh, that's so sad. I don't know how you made it this far. Oh, they did that. You don't want. But sometimes our flesh does. But God said that's a victim's mentality. And the more we tell people our victim song, okay. They look at us, no matter what you think, as a victim. But the day you come back and say that there once was a wound here, but God has healed it, I am delivered from that wound, they now look at you as a person of victory. Now, it's what you want, how you want it to, people to look at you. As a victim, feel sorry for you. Sometimes we get a lot of things when people feel sorry for us. People tell sad stories and they get people to give them things. But you don't want them to give you stuff in lieu of your uh, victorious walk in God. No matter what they would give you, it's not worth your victorious walk in God. It says, okay, and this, I like this. It says, this is how we're going to know that the wound is gone. We must give our wound to God and allow him, the Holy Spirit, to remove the stinger from it. Now, I don't know if you've ever been stung by a bee, but you've got to get that stinger out your arm, okay? And some of us, we're showing everybody the stinger, okay? And that's why you're still hurting. You're still, get the stinger out. Let the Holy Spirit remove the stinger. He wants to remove the sting, okay, out of that wound. It says, we'll know we're healed when we look back upon a healed wound and see it in a different way. Because it's been healed and it is no longer painful to look back on. We are not trying to forget the traumatic event. We're trying to be healed of the traumatic event. And this is the way we're going to have to do it. It says in Matthew 16, 24-25, Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to be my disciple, let him deny himself. Now sometimes we say that really, really quick. But there's where we need to stop. Let him deny himself, disregard himself, lose sight of himself, forget himself and his own interests, and take up the cross and follow me, cleaving steadfastly to me, conforming wholly to my example in living, and in, if need be, in dying also. For whoever is bent on saving his temporal life, his comfort and security here shall lose it, eternal life. And whosoever loses his life, his comfort and security here, for my sake, shall find it, life everlasting. God is calling us to deny ourselves. When we can't, um, when we're wounded and we can't allow um, our pain to be identify us with Christ, okay, because they that suffer, you know, with Christ, will reign with him. If we can't do that, then what we're doing is we begin to talk about me all the time. What they did to me, how they hurt me, how that hurt me. That wasn't fair to me. God says, there's a de- you deny yourself. Because if there's anybody, anybody that, that we get the example from, 
from how they hurt me, it would be Jesus Christ. How it was unfair to me, it would be Jesus Christ. How, how they betrayed Jesus Christ. See, but we want to be like him. We, we raise our hands and we say, Lord, I want to be like you. I want to be like you. But he says, you're going to suffer the same way that I suffered. You're going to be betrayed. People are going to talk about you. People are going to hurt you. People are going to do things to you that's coming into the, the same sufferings with Christ. That we will reign with him. As we go, we're denying ourselves. Our problem is it's very hard to deny. I want my rights. I want what belongs to me. I don't want you stepping on me. I don't deserve that. We, we, you know, in our minds, we say we don't deserve God's love. But in the next breath, we'll say, but we don't deserve what you're doing to me. But God did it all. While we were sinners, he was still loving us and taking care of us. In, in the Amplified, it says, I, I, John 33, 16 and 33, it says, I've told you these things so that in me, in me, in me, in me, and everybody, in me, you may have perfect peace and confidence. In the world, in the world, you guys, I don't know how many sermons we preach. I don't know. I mean, all across the world, this, this, this sermon is preached. It says, in this world, you, you will have tribulations, trials, distress, and frustration in this world you will have it didn't just point out pastor Burleson pastor Burleson you will have it's talking to every single person it says in this world no doubt about it just look for it and be prepared for it because it's coming you will have these things but he says be of good cheer in your wounded time connect your wounds with his wounds understand that he was wounded and he says be of good cheer though because take courage be confident be certain for i have overcome the world be of good it don't seem like when we're going through our trials though there's nothing to be cheery about because i don't feel like an overcomer right then but he says, if you remind yourself, I have overcome this world. I have overcome this world. I have, oh, and because I'm an overcomer, you're an overcomer. All right? And in, he says, I told you in the message, Bible says, I told you all this so that, I told you all this so that trusting me, you would be unshakable. This is what he's calling us to, you guys. Unshakable, unshakable unshakable this is what he's calling me to he's calling you to to be unshakable and assured deeply at peace deeply at peace when everything's going peaceful deeply at peace when everything's right deeply at peace when you can dance and sing and shout no deeply at peace in the middle of your troubled time god said we can be deeply at peace he said um and be unshakable in this godless world you will continue now here, you will continue to experience difficulties, but take heart, I have overcome the world. For whatever is born of God, who's born of God today? For whatever is born of God is victorious. Is victorious. Say, I am victorious over the world, and this is the victory that conquers this world, even our faith. Our faith conquers this world in the message it says every God begotten person conquers the world's ways the conquering power that brings the world to its knees is our faith in Genesis I'm about to close in Genesis 50 19 through 20 what an awesome story about Joseph and if there's anyone anyone that was wounded in so many ways if you some people say, well, that's Jesus. Well, let's go to Joseph. If anybody that was wounded over and over and over by betrayal and the lack of love from your brothers and, and, and um, you know, when someone told them that they was going to remember them and they didn't remember, I mean, all he was betrayed over and over and over again. If anyone that was wounded that could have, in the moment where he could have done the most damage, but he showed love. I looked at that and I said, God, how did, how did he do that? And it says in Joseph 15, 19 to 20, Joseph 
tells his brothers because they're afraid of what he's going to do because, I mean, he had the power to do it. He had the power to, to have them killed. He had the power not to help them. He had uh, the, the power. The power was in his hand to, to, to give them back what they had given him. But Joseph says to them, he says, fear not. And I just wonder if we can do this in the time of our wounding when, when someone is hurting us. Or some, it says, he tells them, when we could, in all actuality, pay somebody back or hurt them, Joseph says to them, fear not. For, I, for am I in the place of God? Vengeance is his, not mine. As for you, you thought evil against me. As for you, he told them, as for you, you thought evil against me, but God meant it for good. To bring about that many people should be kept alive as they are this day. See, Joseph... I, he identified his pain with Christ. He knew that in that pain, God's will, he intended to bring a blessing. Sometimes we're going through hurtful things, and we don't really realize that God intends to bring a blessing. 